heathens, Abby said, as she steadied the bush in place as Joseph shoveled dirt back into the hole and patted it into place. Back in its own soil, in its front yard home again, the rose bush flourished, and so did Abby. Coming up pregnant each time the rose bush was stolen and returned, she gave birth to ten children, eight girls and two boys, christening every one of the girls with the middle name Rose. And they in turn did the same, and the same holds true for every girl child after that, and so on and so on. Years later, the tradition still holds firm and continues in that place that claims two states with no zip code and one rose bush, but it also flourishes in a borough named after a little-known English royal that is bordered by the sea, where remnants of a world's fair still stands. It still thrives in a place called Queens. The Present Camilla Rose Tuesday was their day. Camilla picked out a matching thong and demi-cup bra, purple and black mesh that showed most everything. She sat down at her dressing table and admired herself in the mirror as she squirted on some perfume, plucked at a few stray eyebrow hairs that had burrowed through since her last waxing. The car pulled into the driveway, and then the front door opened. There were greetings exchanged between employer and employee, and then the heavy sigh her husband Bryant always took before he began to climb their sweeping staircase. When he walked into the bedroom, she was seated on the mahogany four-poster king-sized bed facing him, bent over seductively so that her hair covered her eyes. She had on the spiked black pumps she'd bought for an art reception they'd attended some time back. The pumps, he said, did something to her legs, something that drove him wild. She remembered he couldn't stop staring at her that night. Those pumps, that dress, and the way she wore her hair swept up, except for a few strands that floated down her back, bouncing and beckoning him to kiss her shoulder blades, which he did every time he called for another martini. He told her on the way home that night that she'd have to keep them on, the pumps, and when he got her home that night, he fucked her until she thought he'd break himself off inside of her. Now, sitting there on the bed, her legs spread wide, the mesh material barely covering her vaginal lips, and throwing even more coals onto the fire by twirling a lollipop between her candy apple red painted lips. Brian dropped his briefcase and pushed the door shut behind him. Crawl, she said and Brian plummeted to his knees and did just that. Tuesday was their day. It was after that, and the lovemaking and the soft talk before the quiet of resting in each other's arms, and Lena, the housekeeper, tapping on their bedroom door and whispering that she would look after their daughter Zola until they came down for dinner. It was after all that that Brian stepped in behind her in the shower, kissed her neck, 
and cupped her soapy breasts in his hands, and caressed her still erect nipples between his forefinger and thumb, and then pressed his hard-again penis against her backside, and allowed his passion to carry him away, and squeezed her breast a little too roughly for Camilla's liking, even though she didn't voice her protest. It wasn't until then that he felt the lump. What's this? What's this? That question took on a life of its own. Bryant's textured tone dropping away. Not even the letters of that question remained. When she heard it reverberating in her ears, she could not picture the spelling of the words. That question became the sound of an angry ocean, the color of slate, the question mark itself a dagger. She couldn't get a mammogram until the following Monday, and that lump seemed to grow with every dawning day. She